You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 125, Song of the Sea. Did I mention I was the great stone giant? Welcome, welcome, animation fans, to the Rotoscopers uh, Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers. I guess it's been a while since I've last done it. Anyway, episode 125, um, we've got Disney, we've got DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, Cartoon Saloon, and everything in between. I'm your host, Mason, and I'm here with my lovely co-hosts, Morgan Stradling and Chelsea Robson. Say hello. Hello. Hi, friends. Uh, we want to welcome you if this is your first time listening or watching, uh, and if you're a recurring watcher slash listener, then welcome back. We love you guys. Um, if you don't know what the format of the show is, it's real easy. Think of us as uh, your three um, nerdy animation fans uh, who love animation. I don't just like animation. I love it. And if I don't love it, I don't open my eyes or something like that. I don't watch it. I don't swallow. <laughs> it's just animation. Anyway. Um, and so uh, basically if you close your eyes and imagine yourself on like a comfy couch in like a cool like living room with all these animation paraphernalia around you and we're all just sitting there talking about animation together and what we love about our favorite animated films. This is the show um, for that. And so uh, basically we review... Um, like mainly we review one animated film uh per episode and today's is Song of the Sea. We've got an amazing show for you. We're going to go off on all sorts of fun tangents and and hopefully get some quotes going and some really crappy fake Irish accents. Yes. And uh <laughs> I know all of our European listeners love it when I bust that out. To which I would challenge them to try their best redneck accent from South Texas. <laughs> we'll see, right? <laughs> Anyway, um, oh, today's episode is actually a patron pick. If you'll pardon the alliteration, I'm like the the teacher on That's So Raven who always spat on everyone. Uh, so we want to thank Angela for picking this patron pick um, <laughs> prominently put on our podcast production. Um, thanks to Angela and her support um, and all of our other uh, patron supporters like her, we are able to do the video format, we are able to get good equipment, and uh, we're able to have better sound quality and things like that. Uh, and we're able to, t- to take your requests for episodes. So if you want in on that action, then um, go to rotoscopers.com slash patron to learn more about how to support the show and earn these awesome perks. Picking our episodes is one of them. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Angela. Yes. And thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers. Yes, thank you. Also, there are going to be full spoilers. So if you've never seen this film, you should probably watch it if that's going to bother you. <laughs> spoilers. Spoilers. As all of our episodes are full spoilers, full discussion. You've been warned. So this is actually a movie that has been requested by quite a few people. There are other patrons who, so when they submit their requests, they submit two movies just in case one of the movies, um, someone high, someone who was a patron before them chooses that, then we have a backup. And I guess if both their backups get picked, we'll pick another one. But um, this was on a lot of people's lists and a lot of people in the patron group have been talking about it on Facebook. Um so I know that Vanessa, this was one of hers. And then I also know that Rachel has been talking about this a lot. So 
This is very, very highly requested. I think also people who email us and say, hey, I'd love it if you did this movie. I'd love it if you did this movie. Um, Song of the Sea comes up quite a bit. So I'm really excited that we're finally, finally able to do it. Let's do Um, this. So let's just dive right into it, shall we? Let's do it. This is an ancient shell that my mother gave me a long time ago. Hold it to your ear and listen carefully. You will hear the song of the sea. I'm so sorry. Say hello to Searsha. So first and foremost, let's give a little background, right? As we always do, this information comes straight to you from the good old Wikipedia slash IMDb and Box Office Mojo. That's where we aggregate all of our information. We are the real Brady Bros. Brady Brothers from the TV show Brady Bunch. I'm Barry Williams. And I'm Christopher Knight. I played Greg. And uh, who are you again? I played Peter. We've decided that we're going to do a podcast around episodes of The Brady Bunch. We're going to use it as a prism to look back to our experience doing the show and why The Brady Bunch is still popular. Have a sunshine day. We are The Real Brady Bros. So uh, the studio, Big Farm, it was, a co- it was a co-production between Big Farm, Cartoon Saloon, and Digital Graphics. There was quite a few companies that were involved. Uh, Cartoon Saloon, um, we'll let Chelsea talk a little bit about their origins, but the director was Tom Moore. Uh, budget was estimated to be... It's just shy of about $6 million for this one. Yes, and as far as theatrical performance how it did in the box office worldwide it did is this correct 1.5 million dollars yep and the home video market did 2.26 million dollars so it did much better does uh, home video include like streaming because i know it's on amazon prime uh this is only including dvd and blu-ray sales as far as i was just domestically how well it it fared so am i reading Mm -hmm. this right that it was only released in 48 theaters yes very, very limited release, hence the reason why it didn't do as well as one would think. 
You could only make based, so much with so many theaters open. Yes, based on how uh, beloved this film is, you would think that it, it had a bigger following. But, yes. Anyway, so Chelsea, do you want to tell us a little bit about Cartoon Saloon? Yes. So the director was Tom Moore, and he was a com- he was one of the co-founders of Cartoon Saloon, and he he helped co-found this in his final year at Belfermont, which is where he went to school in 1998. His first two films, feature films, were Secret of the Kells, which we also haven't done yet, and I've heard nothing but fantastic things about oh, them. Oh yeah, it's a good one. And Se- and Song of the Sea. And 2014, and both of them have received critical acclaim, and both were nominated for the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature Film. So obviously, these were—he's got a really good track record with that. Um, just a little bit more about him: in November of 2015, Moore announced that on his Tumblr blog and Facebook that his next animated film from Cartoon Saloon will be Wolf Walkers. Dope to man. To be co-directed with Ross Stewart. So that should be really cool. Um, the thing that I, I thought was really interesting about this was, as we were mentioning before, the budget was just shy of $6 million. And a, most of that budget came from the Irish Film Board, which I didn't know that they had a film board, which, hey, I'm really glad that they do because then this movie wouldn't probably wouldn't have been made. Um, and like I said, it... it, or it was only released in about 48 theaters here domestically. I didn't have a lot of information that I could find international releases or anything, but it about it did about half and half here and there. Um, and another thing, oh, the release date was December 19th, 2014. In the and U.S., in the fi- right? In the U.S., yeah. And I think one of the other main reasons why it didn't fare too well, even in those 48 different theaters, was because in the family film demographic, that was the same week that it went up against Annie, the new modern adaptation of the musical. Her? And um, <laughs> Night at the Museum, which was the final film for Robin Williams. So uh. those are really hard to overcome. Really hard. Mm-hmm. So Interesting. Almost gonna be... almost everyone I've met that has seen it is obsessed with it. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's oh. very interesting. We do have um, in our voicemail section, we have a lot of love for it. And we do have um, some others who see the other side of the coin. So that is good. Ooh, um, the dark it'll in- side. It'll be interesting to see how all three of us, what our opinions are. This was yeah. my first time having seen the movie. <laughs> I remember when it came out, I really did want to go and see it, just was unable to get myself to actually go at that point in time. So I never did see it. And then um, when it was released, it, it I just never got around to seeing it. Um, for those who don't, those who would like to see it, we do, we'll include a link to purchase it, to rent it um, on iTunes and Amazon. But uh, if you are an Amazon Prime subscriber, at least in the U.S., this is part of Amazon Instant Video, and you can watch it for free. So no excuses there if you're a member of Amazon Prime. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So wh- while it was probably transparent from the get-go how I felt about Angry Birds movie, I, I don't think I'll, I'll be able to tack down my rating for this film until we actually get down to the moment of it in the podcast because my brain right now is just this swirly-twirly pool of gumdrops um about you know good and and good and bad about the film 
And I was trying to integrate a, a quote from Elf in there. It didn't work. So anyway, I, <laughs> I, I, I heard it coming and I liked it. <laughs> I really admire Cartoon Saloon. I'd be willing to bet that Wolfwalkers has something to do with Irish mythology. <laughs> but but who, who knows? It could be something like Skinwalkers in the U.S., you know? So going back very quickly to the budget, or we, we, I think we like totally brushed over this, but the budget, let's repeat, was $6, Six. million. Dollars. Yeah. We have no excuse, you know, that we've seen movies with even bigger budgets than this um, that are very horrible, don't look good. This is beautifully stunning. Yeah. So it's it's quite shocking that they were able to produce it on such a low budget by today's standards. And it is unanimous, like very beautiful and um, it looks high quality. It doesn't look like it was made on a budget in the least, Dude. at least from my perspective. Dude. I feel like yeah. I feel like all the cool art that they put into Secret of Kells, they just did it times two with this film. They really surpassed themselves, and um, I was super impressed by the artwork. Mm-hmm. So was I. That was one of the first things that I noticed and continued to notice as the film went on. You know what was the first thing that I noticed? What? That the mom was a sea witch. I, I, <laughs> I knew from like the first five seconds, I was like... Mm. The song, the long hair, the cryptic speaking. I'm 30 seconds into this film and I already know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, um, I did come up with my own little pot- plot summary for this. Ooh. So a young Irish boy, Ben, learns that the stories his mother told him as a child of fairies, spirits, and shapeshifters are more fact than fiction and must use them to save the magical world and his little sister. Well, look at you. You should be a synopsis writer. Fancy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that That's an actual job, isn't it? I, I'm sure Someone it is. does it somewhere. <laughs> Most of the things I saw on, on IMDb were like by Unonymous. I'm like, well, this is mine. Well, so very nice, Chelsea. So uh, I think first thing we should talk about, which we have been a little bit, is talking about the art style. So this is a 2D animated film, and it in a time where we don't see much of that anymore. So it's kind of a breath of fresh air that we're able oh, yeah. to see uh, 2D animation, but this is far from the typical Disney animation 2D that we, you know, Western audiences are used to. It's, it's much different than even Studio Ghibli films and their aesthetic. Um, and I really love that Cartoon Saloon has their own unique look to them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. um, it, it very, the closest thing to it, it, it's kind of very... Uh, modern in a way and stylized where it could be akin to some of Cartoon Network's um, oh, dude. style. But Was I the only one? Who, well, okay, raise your hand if you've seen uh, Secret of Kells. Morgan, have you seen it? I've seen it, yes. Okay. I thought that Secret of Kells, and maybe not so much this one, but Secret of Kells at least, looked like a combination of Danny Phantom and Samurai Jack in its <laughs> artwork. And uh, this one, not so much. The The characters are, are a little more fleshed out, and they, they move in 3D space a little bit better. Um, like, not in, the, not in the CG sense, but just in the, you know, the drawing. Uh, but yeah, you are absolutely right. It's this minimalist, abstract design that, like, car, uh, Cartoon Saloon is just, like, really, really mastered and taken down. Like, everything, every, uh, things look like a motion graphic. Like, Cartoon mm-hmm. Saloon really likes those kind of motion graphic-y styles of like backdrops and like characters and stuff it felt like a a storybook like an illustration translated to screen because it was very flat 
Um, but it just felt like this could be something you would read in a children's book. You know, there's one particular scene that I really stood out to me, and it's, it's very obscure, where they get dropped off by the bus, and then the bus goes um, up the road, and it's, you know, supposed to be going backwards, right, and getting smaller, but it just shows it going up. Yeah. And then and then it just disappears, and to me that yeah. was very much how this style was. It was very flat, and uh, side scroll in a way, but uh, I liked it, and I I really do think that one of the reasons this movie is so beloved is because of the art and because of the style. Um, first and foremost, like I went to Rotten Tomatoes, and I have a link right here, um, and I'll include a link in the show notes. But I went to Rotten Tomatoes, and I was reading the reviews, and it is ninety nine percent fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. What? But if you read the actual uh, positive reviews it's it's all about the art um they said right. like they they use words constantly like animation is stunningly beautiful um deceptive in its simplicity um dazzling in its visual presentation let's see mm-hmm. uh what else magic and mysticism uh inhibit this or inhabit vi- this visual style uh, breathtakingly beautiful, beautifully animated, beautiful, 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 beautiful. Like that is just constantly the very first thing that gets mentioned as far as this film and and why they rated it positive for the most part, at least from those little blurbs. I mean, obviously there's more to the reason yeah. why they liked the film. Um, but let's talk about that. So, Well, yeah, I, I really love the art, the artistry, the story and like the pacing and the dialogue and the characters on the other hand, um, I'm not so sure about. Um, it's interesting. The, the very first scene, uh, the first scene after the intro, I guess, let's call it the ex, uh, exposition where, um, I don't even remember the dang boy's name, Ben. And then what's Shers- the girl's name? Starmy? Shersha. Cedra? Shersha. No, those are Pokemon. Did you see how they spelled her Shersha. name? Yes. Sure, sure. It's... I know Mandarin Chinese too. Um, let's it's, see. Pronou- it's spelled S-A-O-I-R-S-E. Yeah, and I'm thinking, how in Not the world did you get Shersha it. from that? Well, because it's, it's translated from an Irish Scottish, which phonetically, when you're translating other languages, the way that they pronounce them, you know, when they're right. written out in the English, in you know, English characters, are not necessarily how a regular, not or you know, traditional English pronunciation Searsha. is. Right. They Searsha. have a totally, totally different. You know, they look at the same letters, but it's totally different. But right. Cool. All right, Searsha, I think I got it. Wanderlust Wings on the YouTube chat helped, uh, and gave me a, a proper phonetic way to do it. Can I just establish one thing here? I'm I'm very jealous of how cool Irish names are compared to North American names or, you know, Anglin, Anglo-Saxon. <laughs> At least the girls. Yeah, well, <laughs> All no, the guys no, no, there's are like some Connor, cool, uh, cool dude ben. names. Um, Connor, um, what's the dog's name? Koo. Koo, <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Uh, Maka. Um... I forget what the giant's Mac. name is. It was Mac Yeah. Machlear. <laughs> anyway, I won't even try to do Irish uh, Irish accents. Um, but anyway, that first scene where he's on the beach with his sister, like, I was like, gee, I wonder if he'll ever learn to love his weird little sister and come to terms with his lost mother and stop being so centered, self-centered. Hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I wonder what he's going to spend the whole movie doing. But that's okay. That's okay. Like, don't just put it on mute and just watch it for the art. <laughs> I don't mean to do that. Like, okay, there's some parts and there's some dialogue but towards the end that really got me choked up. But uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. 
moral of the story though and there's several morals of the story as as you can as you'll come to realize discussing animated films with me number one don't ever leave the kids alone with granny for the night uh owls are evil um Mm -hmm. chelsea you got some i do yes i think that even if you are half turned to stone you should still enjoy singing and warning the main protagonist (laughs) to be careful yeah exactly yeah um one of them another one is uh don't hide your feelings just let it go wait no don't let it go uh wait let don't let it go keep it with you face your fears but you got to let them go but your problems are your own and you have to oh man i'm getting a headache um i don't know something about your problems and and don't do drugs and that's what i got from the old lady (laughs) the don't do drugs part yeah Uh, (laughs) i'm a huge troll of course it's not that complicated but um those are just kind of the oh and of course um gosh what's the really important one i'm blanking out on it love your little sister dealing with grief Love your little sister. That's right. I, I almost forgot about. It. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but anyway, um, lots of uh, lots of interesting things going up going on here. Can I also just say that if I saw if I was at the beach and I just looked up and saw like a bunch of seals up on the surface just staring at me with that with those beady eyes, I'd be freaked the f out. Like <laughs> the seals are so creepy in this film. All they do is stare at you. <laughs> The big old eyes. At least they have like, smiles. Especially since they haven't been seen in those parts for quite a long time. And yeah. it's like so many of them. There's <laughs> like 50 of them just staring at you. <laughs> I haven't been seen Dude, in anyway, six years. Bad day at the zoo, I guess. <laughs> anyway, one, uh, but yeah. Um, I I like this film because it's rife with these like little details. It has a lot of foreshadowing at the beginning. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of foreshadowing, a lot of interesting parts too. Here, I have a question though. Um, as far as going along with the creepy vibe, would you follow specks of light into what would I call the west wing of your house and put on a coat that glows? When you put it that way, <laughs> yeah. If it turns me into a sea lion, yes. Let's do this. Okay, so the part where she's like following those things, I could totally see myself as a young girl doing that, just because like. Ah, like as a kid I was very much in my own little world and like loved all these like fantasy type things like oh yes I'm gonna go do this yeah. um so I would do- I would have done it but at the same time like you think about it like what are you doing <laughs> yeah 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 I don't know if I would show this to young children because I don't want them to uh you know put on a little a little cloak and like go splashing around in the ocean at you know at 2 a.m but in a snow in a storm in a storm yeah He's like dives in. Also, kind of discussing this film, I think this film would be a lot more engaging to me if I actually knew anything about Irish folklore. Yeah, I think that is one of the things that is both a positive and a negative. One, uh, on the positive side, it's very cool that we get to see these um, these legends and folklore that may not be use we not be familiar with right so we're being introduced to a new culture their legends their way of life very very exciting and cool however i felt that the way that it was presented wasn't didn't give you enough exclamation for the uninitiated so i felt very confused at the very beginning of the film um it took me about 30 to 45 minutes to finally feel that i was invested in the movie Uh, i felt that there was just a lot left unsaid in not in a good way. I felt that I felt confused and disconnected um, from what was happening, especially because at the beginning, you know, there's there's the the story about the fairies and then the mom and then she dies and then the boy and the girl. And then 
the grandma randomly comes and takes them away and there's this big journey to the city and then the city and then the you know she plays the little uh shell and it brings these fairies back and then they go find them and it's just like very all these steps to ultimately get to the part where oh she is key to helping free these spirits so you know what i mean and i saw it felt very convoluted at the very beginning to fight just to get to the point of the movie for me i didn't get that for me i guess like i was watching it kind of thinking maybe it would but um as i was going through i really i could kind of feel it. it it kind of has a has this way about it it's like when you're reading a story as a kid you just accept it and so it's like, okay, so this is happening. And I could kind of see, like, especially when the grandma came, like, I was totally expecting her to be, I, I couldn't quite determine whether or not she was the mother of the dad or the mother of the mom. And if it was the mother of the mom, I'm thinking, no, she's the sea witch. Because everybody, he keeps calling the her the witch, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I wasn't quite sure, like, is she, who, who is she? Cranky? Yes. <laughs> yes. A little meet the Robinsons um, there. um yeah so i i felt like there were a lot of these moments and um i did feel like i i kind of just went with it Mm -hmm. and if you if you go into it expecting a lot of of explanation you're not going to get it and so um you're that's gonna be frustrating so in those yeah. situations, I just don't expect it. It felt very much like a Studio Ghibli film in that yeah, way, yeah, where yeah. it wasn't, they they go at their own pace and they don't care. And there's not mm-hmm. explanation. You just are kind of thrown into the world. Um, and so I actually thought this was Studio Ghibli, like going into it without um, looking into it. Like when we were first talking about it, I thought it was a Studio Ghibli film um, just because I hadn't really looked into it. Mm-hmm. So I guess but- that's why another reason. <laughs> Like, I'm fine with, like, an Odyssey-style kind of, like, you know, traveling story where we meet strange creature after strange creature after strange creature, and by the end, my interactions with them have changed me for the better. Um, and I'm the hero. It's just that, like, there was, like, there's, like, I got confused as to whether I should, like, emotionally care about these characters or not. Like, they all looked really cool, like, old man, old naked man in his beard, dude. <laughs> I'm assuming he's wearing something underneath, but we don't know. Um, have to look into the folklore. Um, he was really cool, but it's like, eh, like, like, what do you do? Like, who are you? Like, how do I, like, how, how do you relate to the character and the character to you? Like, how important are you? Apparently all these, uh, eccentric fairy type characters and fairy folk will die out if this one Selkie dies or like, I don't, I don't know. I, I guess I just don't know. Um, I guess I just don't know the lore, I suppose. Yeah. I do like a good I I do like uh bad characters who change for the better, like the L witch. Mhm. Re- Someone mentioned this in the comments but she rem- reminded me from Spirited Away. Yubaba. Yes. Dude, she would give Very... her a run for her money, man. Very much similar vibes. <laughs> I love the L witch. She's like a walking metaphor for drugs. Just just <laughs> just take this Stay and they'll away. all go away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we be, and I have a major problem with that sequence, but before we do that, um what were your like favorite or most like beautiful sequences in the film? Like what what which were the ones that were like the most enjoyable to watch or coolest to watch? The beginning part was cool cuz it 
it just opened it up and it really set the stage for how the whole movie was going to be. And I didn't know if it was going to continue that way because I have seen other movies where they'll start out like really kind of um, in that watercolory vibe and just with lots of things going around on the edges, but then they won't stay that way. But this one, it just continued to do that the entire thing, which I felt was really good keeping your attention, even though the story and the pacing wasn't as um, consistent as you maybe wanted it to be. It helped with keeping your attention on what was going on. Hmm. I liked pretty much any time that we went to more mystical elements. So Mm -hmm. I liked when she first put on the robe and then she was swimming in the water with the seals. I thought that was a very cool segment. Uh, Later at the very end when she is singing the song of the sea, uh, spoiler alert, uh, and all the fairies and and everything is coming together. Those, Those are kind of the moments that stand out to me. I love I love how haunting that song is. She like gets up on the rock and she's like, "Song, song of the sea, <laughs> gonna find my mama with my brother and me." <laughs> Wait, wrong song, wrong song. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Oh man, there was one scene where when he was on his own little kayak, not a kayak, but it was kind of like a a flatboard boat, and it's floating um, right about right before he goes to meet the the bearded man in his little place, wherever mm-hmm. he was. Um, I liked that sequence just because you came up, you were looking down at him and he's just laying on his, he just decides to lay down, but you see all of the swirliness all around him as he's floating down the river and the um, all of the magic is pushing him down. I liked it. Yeah, um I really think I enjoy. Yeah, I, I think I'm with Morgan. I really liked the um, the first sequence with the girl sneaking out and you know being a selkie, and then um, I really like the ending part and the part with the where they see the mom at the end. Spoiler alert um, is both sad but also pretty happy. Um, yeah, I everything else is just kind of this kind of weird journey and stuff. Um, it's it's. Very cool to look at. I like uh, when the mom's like explaining everything at the beginning and telling this um, this story to Ben, and everything's kind of like you know, so these these like motion graphics that like Cartoon Saloon does, and mm-hmm. it's all pretty beautiful. Did you get? So they do go and visit quite a few places in this, and it kind of gave me a vibe, kind of like Wander Over Yonder, where there's is that. Was that the movie? No, 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 no. Over the Garden Wall. Excuse me. Yeah. It, it reminded me of Over the Garden Wall. Over the Garden this. Wall, where you're just kind of like going from location to location, and there's new craziness that happens, except for this, instead of being in little... Te- well, I mean, yes, probably length Halloween was too. probably the sim- similar when you add them all, all together, but it seemed like every 10 to 15 minutes, we were at a new location with something. Either someone was giving us information, or we were doing something to you know, help find the sister to get the cape to whatever. But there were quite a few little stops along the way, checkpoints, if you will, which Mm -hmm. reminded me of that. Yeah. I got a lot of over the garden wall with this. Yeah. It's kind of got that kind of journey thing. And yeah, I don't know. Here's a question I had. Was it, I mean, it was made clear that the mother died, but it wasn't made clear. Yeah, until the end. I mean, you just you right. assumed as a, as the viewer that she had died 
um, because it does it's not discussed again. The characters are not attuned to what happened. So uh, it's not until the very end we realize she didn't actually die. So um, yeah. So when she I have a big to long take... list of questions which we can discuss at the end <laughs> of things that and don't we, make sense we, to me. We will try to answer them for you. <laughs> okay. Um, did you um, did you ever think that like maybe this goes along with the questions you're going to ask? But if the mom wanted to take Sirsha away but gave her a choice at the end, does that mean that she was going to kill Sirsha and like drag her into the afterlife? Because that's basically where she was. That wasn't my she question. She was in Selkie but... Heaven. <laughs> well, that's one that I have. I guess I'm not Irish enough. <laughs> well, we've had one, yes, but what about second breakfast? <laughs> Sorry, I'm speaking Hobbit, not not Irish, obviously. Anyway, um, here's one of the big... Obviously, looking at Ben... Okay, and then I have another thing. Like, who was the giant? Is the giant the dad? Is the giant Ben? Is Ben like the giant... Who is the Elwich? Yeah, is this... the Elwich literally the grandma, or is it more like a symbol? Or is she? Or when I saw that the when they walk in and it's the same music that was playing as the grandma's house, and how similar she is to the grandma, I was like, I got it. This whole thing is just a pipe dream. Like these kids like stumbled into a can of catnip or something, or, or took some took some weird stuff, you know, Europe, and uh, and uh, this is this is just a big trip. And uh, these are just. This is like a dream, and he's gonna wake up, and and he's gonna he's gonna wake up on that rock by the ocean and be good and be okay again. And but it wasn't. So like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and now that I'm realizing it, okay. So the the big stone giant. Um, <laughs> great, big stone great stone giant. dragon. Oh man, we are <laughs> go all out there and into... fetch the silky. <laughs> the fate of the fairy folk rests in your paws. Uh, so the, did I mention I was the stone... great stone giant? <laughs> so the great stone giant, um, he is—he's basically the dad, and it's—it's—it's a—a mirrored image of what happened with the with the dad and his mom, because the dad is totally depressed and is still depressed for ever since the mom died, and so he's just kind of a dead inside almost um yeah his, his see... heart has turned to stone <gasps> a uh-huh. frozen heart perhaps Ooh, a stony heart. perhaps the trolls are like we can help you with that why didn't the fairy <laughs> folk just bring in the trolls it's true because they're they on an island way too complicated <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah I, I now that i'm seeing that the whole thing was a mirrored image of what had happened to the mom but it just really is kind of messes with the mind because was she giving stories of the past or telling stories of the future oh it's it's all an eternal circle you know it's one of those circle of life kind of rachel in the comments says the giant is the owl witch's son and then dean that's right they established that yeah dean says it's symbolic two storylines running side by side real world and fairy tale and the kids are able to cross the curtain yeah yeah rachel also says the owl witch has been bottling people's feelings to protect them like her son well well that's what i'm getting with (laughs) don't steal my thunder rachel i'm getting to this but uh (laughs) But yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to get into, which was one of the main messages from the film. If and it's almost a, di- I, I'm I'm going to make almost a direct quote from the film. If someone could take all your pain away, would you let them? If you could change your pain, would you? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I 
what makes me so angry angry is that Ben is still a jerk, and he says, "No, it just makes things worse." And I'm like, "What does? What? How does he know that now? How the crap did Ben come to that conclusion when when he was such a jerk this whole film? Like, when did he have this huge catharsis? Like, it didn't make zero sense to me. Like, he needed to fall to that. Bef- like something horrible needed to happen before he finally realized it. But no, he was like, he was like. He's like, no, it just makes things worse. I figured things out. And then he walks over to Saoirse and is like, hey, I'm sorry I was a jerk. And she's like, that's cool. You know? <laughs> and then, uh, but like, I, I don't know. I, no, I, I think that was he's way been too seeing, rush. He's been seeing people turn to stone in front of his eyes. He's seen all of these emotions bottled up. And so he, why would this be a good thing to see someone turn to stone? Because, I don't know. Because he for also me, has family who's died and he's like that's the whole point at the very beginning is he's so hardened about the mom passing who was his friend he's got this like blaming complex problem with Saoirse yes obviously he blames her for what happened Mm -hmm. oh 100% Mm -hmm. no doubt in my mind that's a dead giveaway so yeah what's your your take on if you could take all your pain away would you let them it's so hard because like this is like this that's a very interesting message about our society like think of the think of so many ways that can distract you or mm-hmm. um take you off on a tangent or take you off on another path or completely mask um you know um i think yeah i think it was i think it was um sammy hagar my man from van halen who wrote this song about uh one of the lines is like they'll find a cure for anything just kill the pain and numb my brain and um but he talks about that versus truth, which is, I have this problem. This happened to me. I can't deny it. I can't run away from it. I have to, like, I can't put it away and pretend it didn't happen because look what, look how it turns your heart. And so that's a very, very hard truth. And I, I, I think a lot of us just don't get it or we struggle with it. You know, mm-hmm. I think all of us listening um, have had like huge tragedies in our lives that yeah. we've had to deal with. And it it just doesn't do any good to bottle it up um and and sometimes and it's also going into this kind of parental protective thing where it's like sh- you know should parents allow ki- their children to go through horrible pain um or um should they try to protect them by maybe taking a shortcut or resorting to some drastic measure and I'm not trying to make any kind of statement on things like depression and, and medication and stuff like that. It, it's just this, in the broad sense, it's an interesting question to ask ourselves. If someone could take all of our pain, all of our sorrow away, would you let them? You know? And there's many levels of that. There's like spiritual, there's like some, you know, there's like the redemption factor. Um, mm-hmm. But does that even erase the memory, you know, and you get into forgiving and forgetting kind of things? Is it good to forget your pain or is it good to have it with you to learn from it? Like it's it's very strange. I like wise old Rafiki who says, um, um, what is it? The past can hurt, but you can the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. Mm-hmm. And then he tries to wax him. And he's like, Haha, you see, <laughs> you learned. First of all, I'm going to take your stick. Not the stick. <laughs> Where are you going? Your Matthew Broderick is <laughs> it's so good. Say the great kings of the past look down at us from those stars. Oh man! But 
But yeah, it, it is a, a challenging conversation. And I do think there is a differentiation between just masking that pain, which is not getting rid of the pain altogether. The pain is, is there. Um, and whether you're doing that through whatever sort of substance or item that you want to mask your pain. Addictions. Yeah. Um, and then there's a whole other level of, which I think is letting the pain go while still remembering the memory and learning from it but not having to live with the pain. Because I don't think that's what this world is about, that we're, all this stuff happens to us and we just have to live with the pain and, and, and deal with it. I really think that the pain can go away. We can learn from those experiences and we can be at peace, um, but we just have to go about it the right way. We can't self-medicate to think that that's a solution. It's really uh, confronting those fears or those uh, situations in our life that are causing us trauma and pain and whatnot and with with ben it was really letting go of his mother um he had so much grief and he wasn't able to forgive anybody and i think at the very very end he is able to do that by seeing her now not all of us have this opportunity to see dead ones and and actually talk to them and 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 get the situation but um in that situation service as well it worked for him (laughs) oh service no, it's true though. Like he served his sister, and like that's he true. Decided to be what he needed to be. Um, Number one rule on the mission: his... <laughs> President, that's... I don't like my companion. Have you served them? Gotta go do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just and when I, when I think about pain and these different um, things, especially when it's happened in my life, I kind of look at it like it's like when you break a bone or the mental image I have is like when you, you've broken your bone and you can either just ignore it and let it hang there and kind of go around it and just use your other arm or you just like kind of try to overcompensate from in other ways or you can go to a doctor, you can have it examined and take the necessary steps in order to fix it. And so in that way, it's it may take time. In fact, it almost always takes time to get over and to, to work through and to, um, to be able to um, cope with these things. It takes time to, to heal. Yeah. And that's okay. And that's one of the things that I've learned in my life for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not to be mad at yourself or, you know, because it doesn't happen overnight. Like, shouldn't I be better? Shouldn't I like just... And it, it's, it's also about overcoming your fear of remembering and your fear of mm-hmm. um of the problem because if you notice ben is deathly afraid of water throughout the film uh-huh. it's not just that he doesn't want to get wet he gets panicky and then he just gets pushed in by by searsha so that he can do the at one point he has to go into a well or something and and talk mm-hmm. to or whatever but anyway um yeah it, it's just water very, equals death to him yeah it's just water does equal death to him See, that's what I like um, about this film is that it, the themes that we're able to discuss, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's why a lot of people, this does resonate with a lot of people is that not only the visuals, which we've talked to about at length, but also the themes and the messages that it's able to convey. Yeah. Right. And there's like, there's like micro stuff in there too, like tiny little details, like um, the, the seashell from which the song of the sea emits or bursts forth, you know, um, there's a spiral motif, the lighthouse stairs, they resemble the, um, the shells spiral. Um, of course you, you can notice the, uh, the giant 
um, very early on in the film before they even mention him. I was like, hmm, that's kind of weird. Um, and then there's also this part where like there's this like crazy foreshadowing where it's Sirsha puts on the coat, the cloak, and does something, and basically like all of the cast at once felt feel her presence or feel that something's about to happen. They cut to everyone, all these mysterious characters, and I'm like, whoa, 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 who are all these people? <laughs> um, anyway, and then also I I got this, but when Sirsha she's like going up the stairs or down the stairs in the lighthouse and her shadow is the profile of the seals mm. instead of just her. So there's mm-hmm. all kinds of really cool details. And I'm, you know, I, I bet the writers or the layout people or the artists just had a, a, a great time, like putting in all these little hints and all these clues and how intricate it is. It does remind me of over the garden wall where, um, after you finish over the garden wall, it goes back and explains mm why this person looks like this, why this person says this, why this person dresses like this, what this character's relationship is to this other character in this other episode, and it all kind of comes together. And I think stuff like that is really, really cool. Yeah. I also really liked the editing of this film. I felt like it, it cut to the right things at the right time to, to kind of put those images in your mind. And so that you remember, oh, yeah, the mountain dude is waiting for something. Oh, the mountain dude is, is there. Um, yeah. And all of these silent figures are waiting for something else to happen to bring them alive. So I thought that was cool. I also really appreciated the music. Um, I think that was one of the other reasons why this movie appealed to me. I really like Irish music and the Irish song. Um, my my mom came in and was watching it with me. And some of the her favorite, some of her quotes was that it was a kaleidoscope of color. Kaleidoscope of color. That's exactly yeah. it. I was like, you're right, mom. Um, and then she also noted that she was like, you know, it's interesting. The Irish, it doesn't have a very lo- long range. And anybody who does music, you can just say, like, they basically stay within one octave for most of their songs. And they just kind of stick within a, a couple of yeah. different notes. Try singing and- our national anthem and see how many octaves you fly through. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, um, and she was like, it's probably just because they had most of their 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 songs or most of their music came from like a pipe or in this case a seashell so it just kind of stays within this realm but it they do it in an interesting way so i appreciated that a lot yeah yeah i love the end credits uh i love any type of they do this a lot in short films during the credits but i love credits where they show like production stuff like storyboards Mm. like rough passes you know tests concept art Uh, that kind of stuff is really cool to see man there is so much work Mm-hmm. that goes behind uh these films like i'm working on something over the summer that's taking that it lasts 20 seconds long and it's killing us with the with the production schedule and how hard we're working and so i can't even imagine like obviously they have a staff of 400 instead of a staff of four like we do but um man just the the work that goes into it it totally pays off for them like i i, I can't imagine how they must have felt sitting down at the premiere or with the final um you know, the final version and watching it, you know, with all their coworkers and, and fellow artists. It's probably breathtaking. So, okay, I'm going to go into Morgan's question time, which some Morgan's of Morgan's question time. We should have our own jingle for that. Maybe. Yeah, we need a jingle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's get on that. We Question number Morgan one. Morgan has questions. Okay, Morgan so these questions. are questions that I just was left with after the fact that I don't think were very clear to me. And maybe they're like totally obvious. And if you're in the chat and you're listening to this right now, 
uh, let me know if this was something that was discussed and may somehow missed it. So question number one. So we know that Shirsa or Shirsa Shirsa is part Selkie and part human. Now, why wasn't the sun part Selkie? I mean, obviously he has uh, the like same. That's like the most obvious question. Like I, yeah. I didn't even think of that. Human child. Well, because she's his mom. He has the same. They both of them have the same parents. Why? I okay. mean, is, is this just like, um, oh, what movie is it where like only certain traits are passed on to, like magical traits? Oh, it's, it's like Harry Potter, where where some kids oh. end up ha- having it, some don't. They're Selkie um, Muggles. Yes, exactly. So I don't know. Um, he, oh yeah, he's like, "Mum's a selkie." <laughs> that oh, is a muggle. Someone said, "Here's the answer." Okay, so this is this goes to my ignorance of the the folk folklore. Only females get to be selkies. That's what selkie. I was thinking. Uh, all get to be selfies. selfies. Awesome, Dion. <laughs> um, that's Let okay. Me take a selfie. Uh, uh, someone else says it's like the Anna Elsa thing, where I don't think all the kids get magic. Well, well, what is that's it? another thing. <laughs> I think it, I honestly think it's just the the female gene. In my opinion, in order to understand the son, you must understand the father. And I know next to nothing about him from this film. Like, did the dad know that his no, wife there, was a selkie? There are male selkies. Because if you look up selkie on Wikipedia, it says male selkies are. Oh, they're called not. melkies. Just kidding. Male selkies are described as being very handsome in their human form and having great seductive powers over human women. Yeah. So it can't be both. It's all about body language. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyways, that was just a question. Um, You know, obviously not important to the story. I agree. It was was one of those things where, you know, just because one parent has it doesn't mean you're automatically that. But, I mean, he should be, right? Because she wasn't human. So. He has to be half, but just, the dad. Even, even though his his skills aren't manifesting or his powers, he he doesn't have powers, but he still is half selkie, right? Even though he, I'm gonna go She with is the not a human. Theory. She like so literally a human and a selkie had a baby, so you can't say that he's 100 percent human because <laughs> two. you know what I mean. Like he's yeah. half selkie, half human, right? Because she wasn't human. Here's the deal. <laughs> But just who was the dad? What was his motivation? One, I can I can spot Brendan Gleeson's voice a mile away now. After Harry, after all those Harry Potter films, and after uh, Secret of Kells, and all that, um, was he in Secret of Kells? Yeah, he was in Secret of Kells. He was the he was the father. He was the the abbot. Yeah, that's right, Abbot Kell. But anyway, um, just like did he know what he was getting into when he married her? That that was my other question. Is why was the mom with the dad in the first place? And did he know? I don't think he did know because he. It becomes very clear throughout the end that he he he. I think either he did. W- either he knew and he was suppressing it, or he just had no idea. I think he did because when it goes to the flashback of her going into the ocean, she's like, "I'm sorry, I have to save our child." And he doesn't have to know what that means. He looks really confused. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, I feel like he did, though. I feel like he was like, no, don't, you know? Yeah. So, okay, but why was the mom with the dad? So she was with him for a long time. Um, and she just why finally not? realized I'm not, a, I, I have to leave to save the child. And by saving the child, I disappear. I felt like that wasn't yeah. very clear. Like, what truly happened to the mom? Like, uh, would she, yeah, that was she clear. planning on staying with the family the whole time? But because of... She had to leave to save the daughter that she couldn't come back. 
I didn't. Only I, two, and why was she with the dad? Ones. Like, how did they meet? I know this is like not <laughs> something that they're going to go into in the movie. That's just way too context. But why was she there? How did they how did they get there? Why did she say are we, are I'm going go for a to go it's, it's like Little Mermaid style and, and meet a human and uh, have children and whatnot? I don't know. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe she find, she was like in love with him, even though she only had a statue of him, and she went to the sea witch who like wanted her voice and like all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, keep singing. I have another question. Okay. Why was Circe? I can't say this name. Circe. 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 Why was Circe the only one who had to sing the song of the sea to free, to free the fairies? Were there no other Selkies around? Like, literally, she was the last Selkie, like yeah, the last unicorn. They, Couldn't there I, be anyone else to sing the song? Why did it have Schmederick. to be her? We need Schmederick. <laughs> so. Pirate Cat. I don't know. Maybe these are really obvious questions to everyone, but they weren't so to me. Yeah, I, I feel like, but Rachel, I don't think they I feel really... like Rachel's been trying to help us in the chat. She's like, oh, they're part <laughs> human, heart, part mermaid. But yeah. Anyway, anyway, anyway so... we, just, we just don't know. We are uninitiated. We are not next in the time, League of Shadows. I can't wait till our next movie and we have um, unanswered question theme music that has to happen. And, uh, <laughs> unanswered so... questions. Is there a song called Unanswered Questions? I bet there is. Uh, I feel like there is everything. Real easily. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So um, closing this up, what did they do right with this film? What did they do wrong with this film? Not necessarily wrong, but what worked, what didn't? Can I be, Can I just stop you? I'm going to let you finish. But um, I just want to say I, I know what my favorite part of the movie is. T- my us. favorite part of the movie is when the grandma's looking for Sirsha and she opens the bathroom door and she's freaking out. It's just a shot of Sirsha in the shower with her coat. She's like... <laughs> what <laughs> like, with like so the gangsta. water She's going like... over <laughs> i love it I, I took a screen cap of that because i watched it at work last night but i gotta go to work to get it but it's like the funniest freaking frame ever <laughs> but anyway um what they did right is that going along those lines what they did right is that they made it really cute it is hard not to like searsha she is the cute mm-hmm. as a button she's just a little marshmallow just running around then she ages unnaturally and then she's dying and then oh it's so sad i was like please don't do grave of the butterflies please don't do grave of the fireflies again (laughs) don't make me go through that again but um anyway um yeah pretty much it that's what no no no, they got a bunch of stuff to like they they got the art they got a, a good mixture of danger and and uh humor um if you're the kind of person who really likes these like very eccentric characters that they run into um and all this stuff i think that's what they definitely did right like very high quality animation and art Mm -hmm. so i feel like the music was fun or fun i mean it's well implemented i liked it um the kaleidoscope of colors i thought that the art and the artistry images were just totally right on point and really made it whimsical i liked that um yeah that's what i liked what they did right um things that i felt like they could have improved upon were it was a little slow at places and it was a lot of conundrums that came in that came to be but i I, hate those conundrums i felt like it it left you thinking at least and and so I didn't, I, there wasn't a lot that I could find wrong with this. 
Okay, we had a lot of people who were very, very excited. We had so many voicemails submitted to us, so I'm not going to be able to play them all. Holy um, cow. Yeah, so this is a very popular one. So we will go straight down the line. Our first one is from Chloe, and so let's wow, take it Chloe. away, Chloe. Hi, Rotoscopers. This is Chloe, and I'm Hi, so Chloe. excited that you guys are reviewing Song of the Sea. This is one of my absolute favorite animated films, and I don't feel like enough people have heard about it, so I'm hoping your podcast will help it reach out to more people because it's I love it so much, and I think it deserves as much attention as it can get. Um, I remember when I first saw it, I was just blown away by it and how gorgeous everything was. I think that every single frame is just so beautiful and has so much detail in it. And um, I love the characters. I think they're really sweet and lovable, and the designs are great. And I think the story's really great, too. It's just original and touching, and I love that um, the Irish folklore is um, intertwined into everything. I think it's so cool. Um, This is definitely a five-star movie for me, and I hope you guys enjoy it, too. And I also hope that you get a chance to watch The Secret of Kells because it's also an amazing movie by Tom Moore. And it's on Netflix, so it's really easy to watch. So I hope that you guys enjoy it, and I love your podcast. Thanks. Bye. Oh, Chloe, Chloe. we love you. And that's interesting. Wow, five out of five stars, huh? Mm-hmm. We have a winner. Yeah, I um I have seen Secret of Kells, and I'm just gonna say right now I liked Secret of Kells more than I liked this film. It was close, but I enjoyed Secret of Kells more. As a I'd... from a movie watching experience, I enjoyed Secret of Kells more. I just think it was a little better put together than um, like story wise. But that doesn't like that's not to say that I think this this show this film is garbage and the other one is the best movie ever. Like not at all. I just think that if I had to compare the two, I enjoyed Secret of Kells better. Okay, next one is from Jack. Take it away, Jack. Hey, Roscopers, this is Jack calling. I just want to give my thoughts about the Song Song of the Sea. Okay, okay. When I first saw this movie, I found it really hard to watch. I think it's because it has this very somber and depressing tone to it that made it really difficult for me to get through. I was going to write this movie off at first, but when it kept on moving, I kept on getting more into the mythology of it. I'm not familiar with Celtic mythology, so I guess that's why I find it very fascinating and new to me. But towards the end, it it really won me over. When the appearance of the mom at the very climax of the movie happened, this movie absolutely floored me. I forgave it for all its flaws. I forgave it for all it was putting me through. At the end of this very depressing road, it had a point to it, and I found it very moving in the end. After all that, I really have high respect for this. I may not watch this movie again, but I highly respect it. Uh, Mm -hmm. So if I was to give this a rating, I'd probably give it four and a half stars out of five. It's really unique. The animation's beautiful. And I look forward to see what the studio will bring up next. So guys, keep up the great work, and I look forward to your next episode. Bye. Thanks, Jack. Thank you, Jack. I like how he said that. It does increase as you go through the movie. You go from being maybe like eh, into it then to like really enjoying it. This is very Finding Nemo because it's like it has good moments and it has like very desperately horrible moments. 
And it's not quite that... Ro- Maybe that was a bad comparison, because it's not like a no, huge a- roller coaster like Finding Nemo was. But um, it's more like a slow burn. Like, it's like, Sirsha is dying, kid. And um, once that starts happen, starts to happen, then he starts caring. And then uh, it all kind of comes together in the end. But, um, yeah, that was very depressing for me, was watching um this child pretty much die in front of me mm, yeah, yeah pretty depressing for most people i'd say <laughs> and um but anyway it the takeaway is the ending which is this beautiful reunion and this glimpse into the the beyond and and the hope you know and and, and messages come together yeah yeah all that stuff and um a, a lot of people in the chat are comparing this to secret of nim and i think that that is a, a pretty good pretty good reference or comparison, I suppose. Also frozen with the white hair slash slowly that's, dying. That's right. <laughs> white hair slash slowly dying. That is what it means. <laughs> All right. Our next one is from Kurt. So take it away, Kurt. Hey, this is Kurt from the Oregon Trail again. I just wanted to call in because you guys are reviewing Song of the Sea and I saw this movie, I think it was uh, over a year ago, and it was really, really good. I also saw Secret of the Kills way back when. And the first thing I want to th- I think about when I watch these two animated movies mm-hmm. is that they're like Cartoon Network shows on steroids. That's what uh, I said. Everything's flat, 2D. It kind of looks like a wonderful stained glass window, that type of thing. I think the music was fantastic in Song of the Sea. For some reason, the mom and the daughter seal people... <laughs> they had the most comforting singing voices. Even mm-hmm. if not necessarily I could understand everything, I still felt something from it. And I kind of I kind of think that's why music's so amazing. I want to talk about like the culture shock a little bit. It's, it was sort of like spirited away because there's all these myths and legends we're not used to. And I'm just excited that the people on that side of the world that know these myths and legends are getting them in an animated feature. And I just wanted to ask you, Rotoscopas, a question. What Cartoon Network show would you put on steroids? <laughs> or more like, <laughs> which one would you make like a full-fledged, awesome, Secret of the Kel, super detailed 2D animated film? There we Keep go. going, guys. You're awesome. Thanks. Bye. Oh, man. You're awesome, man. Come on. Thanks, Kurt. Okay, so Kurt has a great question. If you could take a Cartoon Network series <laughs> and make a full-fledged movie out of it, in other words inject some animation steroids into it make it this awesome animated full-length movie which would it be i already have my answer oh i this is a hard question for me because i don't have cartoon network and so um i'm gonna bow out i i wouldn't be able to give a good answer i agree as well because i didn't grow up with cable so i didn't watch a lot of cartoon network shows and i don't watch the current one so mason take this one away yeah johnny bravo hoo ha (laughs) hey little mama how about you I'll pollinate with a real bug? But anyway, um, let's see. Yeah, I, I. Oh, you know what I would do? You know how everyone loves like mashups, you know, People and stuff love like that. The mashups. Everything has to be connected, um, and all this garbage. But um, let's just do that with Cartoon Network and make a basically Super Smash Brothers, but a movie, but for Cartoon Network. So have everyone from the Cartoon Network, like, um, you know, Cartoon Cartoons, Hanna-Barbera, everything that they own, just kind of come together and battle evil. We could have Ed, Ed, and Eddie joining up with Scooby-Doo. 
and Courage the Cowardly Dog. And then we're going to have the old school guys like I Am Weasel and Cow and Chicken show up. Um, you know, we're going to have the Flintstones. You know, maybe the old Hanna Barbera cartoons are jealous of the new cartoons and are waging war with them. So it could be like Cartoon Network Civil War, you know. And then Adventure Time, and then, of course, because he, you know, stupid. But anyway, I'm just kidding. Not really. But anyway, um, I think that something like that would work out. Or Samurai Jack movie. I asked Jendi Tartakovsky about a Samurai Jack movie, and he didn't deny that it was happening. Ooh. So. Drop the so, mic. Yeah, don't, don't, go, don't go to, the, to your <laughs> blog with that one. I don't, well, no, no, it was, on, it, was on our, it was on our interview that's on the YouTube, so you can quote it. All right. Next up, Rachel, who I know has lots of opinions about this. Hi, Rotoscopers. So I'm really excited that you are reviewing Song of the Sea. Song of the Sea is a special movie for me in my life because when I saw it, it wasn't that long after my cousin had died and she left two little boys. And so when I saw it and seeing Ben's struggle and his dealing with his grief, it really meant a lot to me. And I remember I sat in the theater and I just, I literally just like sobbed for a couple minutes after the movie had ended. And it's one though that has become richer for me and deeper for me each time I've seen it. I love the course. The artistry is beautiful. I love the, uh, the music in it, I, I think the whole lore and uh, the Celtic lore and the mythology that they create is really, really beautiful. To me, it's like a, a new sort of secret of Nim, and it's one that I just appreciate more and more each time I see it, and I really love it. So I hope you guys do too, and just curious, have you ever had a movie that really connected with you in that kind of personal way and that felt like it was sharing a personal experience? that you had like I did with my cousin in this movie. So anyway, curious for your thoughts. Thanks. All right. So she wants to know, is there a movie that we've all connected with at some point in time where it was basically living your life? Um, it's an interesting one. Yeah. There's always, there's been different movies, not necessarily animated, but there's been a lot of movies that have had different moments that really hit you hard. Can I open up my soul for a little bit here? Just this once. The year was 1998. The movie was Winnie the Pooh, The Search for Christopher Robin. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all probably heard this before, but that movie got me so freaked out as a kid. If you know the premise, basically... um, None of Pooh and the gang can't find Christopher Robin. They're concerned of where he is. They ask Owl, biggest mistake ever. Owl erroneously tells him, tells them after reading a note that Christopher Robin left behind that Christopher Robin has gone to a place called Skull and not School. And because of that, <laughs> Pooh and the gang, not Owl, he stays there. Um, they go off on this horrible like trial of a journey. And they are all, like, tested to the absolute limit. And they almost die several times just trying to find Christopher Robin. And all they needed to know was to wait for him um, to come back from school for the day. And it's just, it's so maddening, like, how the premise of this film. And there's some really, like, for, like, a 10-year-old kid, like, I was pretty traumatized. Because at one point, like, Pooh, like, falls into a bottomless pit and there's no way out. And it's like he like wonders if he'll ever see Christopher Robin again. And it's like, does Pooh die? Is he does he starve to death? Is there some respite there? But no, he has to stay in the bottom of this cavern for the rest of eternity, not being loved again. And like stuff like that just like 
like just crushed my soul and i was like weeping in front of my family while we were watching this at home and <laughs> anyway i was an emotional little kid i still am now but man uh, i can't go back and watch the search for christopher robin maybe i need to face my fears and watch it someday but That's then funny. you guys will all see me cry like a baby well now that i'm thinking about it toy story 2 definitely mm. it hits like when I go back and rewatching, not necessarily. I mean, yes, I did cry the very first time I, you know, Jesse's song comes up. I everybody did, but even today, I'll go back and like. There's different parts of the movie that I'll still, I'll still get totally weepy eyed over. Um, and like the whole, the whole Toy Story like trilogy for it was it followed our. It came out when we were kids, and then it came out like, like every right one followed we, our generation. Yeah, every milestone was basically the time of life that we were in you know right like around toy story 2 was right around when we were like tweens and Mm -hmm. kind of moving up and so like i definitely i think i've said this before on a previous podcast but definitely felt like a bit of guilt of growing up and i'm watching Mm -hmm. this movie with my dad next to me and like i'm not a little kid anymore but like i still like kids stuff but i'm not because i'm not quite like old anyway yeah that's for another day. Okay, so we have two more. Next one is from good old Ryan P. Who doesn't love Ryan? So here we go. Hello, Roscopers. Ryan Pareto here with his review for Song of the Sea with a quick congratulations, Mason. Congratulations, bro. Doing us what? proud. What? Oh, Chelsea, yeah. Okay. Uh, have fun in Brazil. And above all, be safe. And Morgan, our dear Morgan, congrats on the baby. That's dear awesome. Dear Morgan. <laughs> and now to the review, which I'm very interested to see how you guys will take this. Because I don't necessarily think it was an enjoyable animated film. I think it would serve better as a book of sorts. But I think the subject matter was so important to talk about. You know, this family dealing with the loss of a parent, which, albeit magical circumstances, it's so important to talk about that because, spoilers, if you ever lose a parent, it, it sucks a lot. But, you know, it, we're tied to them through that love and ceremony and tradition they impart on us while they're with us. And I, I think that was a really cool... Thing that they went over and I, again I, I don't necessarily know if i enjoyed the film but i'm giving it four out of five stars and you know thank you guys have a good one wait wait Thanks, wait Ryan. all that and you still gave it four out of five stars <laughs> <laughs> yep you're you're a kinder man than i but uh yeah it's um you know yeah i mean i i've lost a parent and i didn't I didn't really feel it that strongly with this because I don't think the film was about finding the parent. It it was a little bit about that at the end, but it was more like keeping what he had left safe, which is a big part of losing a family member is returning to the rest of the family and, and, and strengthening that bond. But um, I felt that more so with other films than this one. Um, but, um, you know, one of my personal, personal beliefs is that um, our family members who die, they, they don't really go away forever. We'll we'll meet them again someday, and the part at the end with the um, 
you know, with the climax and seeing the mom again and everyone being together again for as, as brief a moment as it was, that was really, really touching uh, with me. And um, I mean, I, I even have a friend that I'm working with in, in at A&M who um, he's not very emotional, but he told me that he like flat out was, was weeping during that part. I didn't quite get to that level, but it's, it's interesting how powerful that sequence is. And it's definitely um, says a lot about the production team for this film, like really tacking down those emotions. All right. Last one for t- today is Tanya. So take it lots away. Of, lots of newbies Tanya. today. Yes. I know. <laughs> fresh meat, fresh meat. <laughs> Hi, Rotoscopers. This is Tonya from Melbourne, Australia, giving my quick thoughts on Song of the Sea. Crikey, mate. I'd like to begin by saying that the presentation of this film is absolutely beautiful. I really liked how it was set in the Irish coastline as opposed to something as grand and majestic as, oh, a castle in a faraway place or a city bustling with people. It really emphasizes the isolation that is normally felt in small Irish towns, which allows the audience to just sit down, relax, and just take in the scenery, which is something I appreciate a lot in this film, especially how it's directed more to kids. It really teaches them about um, the appreciation of nature and patience. Um, Also, the animation, I really like the approach that they did. They really um, took advantage of the 2D medium and tried to use it to create a storybook film feel to the story they are expressing, how everything is just flat and 2D, especially the backgrounds. The backgrounds just, if you take that out of the film, that is an artwork in itself. It is absolutely gorgeous to look at. Um I think that's about it. Also, Morgan, congratulations on your little bundle of joy. We got another addition to the Rotoscopus family. Um, I can't wait to hear from him next. Good luck to you guys. Bye. Oh, that was fun. Thanks. So glad to have you guys. Yeah, Mor- Morgan Morgan's uh, Morgan's child is gonna grow up uh, just thinking that the Rotoscopers podcast is normal and that it's like <laughs> everyone does this. Everybody's every every other say- Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome last thoughts for this one for me um i'm gonna i'm gonna rate this oh i'm gonna go three and a half stars um my overall enjoyment of this was actually really high it didn't inspire me to want to watch it multiple times though um but i really did like it and there wasn't a lot that i can take away from it only it just resonated at that 3.5 level for me so that's that's where I'm going to take it. How about you, Mason? I really enjoyed the film. Um, Three point five stars. I mean, it wasn't my favorite. It wasn't terrible. I mean, it was it was I mean, it was good. It was really well done. And uh, but again, I, I like Secret of Kells more than that. But it's uh, it's not because of the artwork or anything. It's just overall, I, I enjoyed it a little more. But um, this was a this is a powerhouse of European Beautiful. animation. It is like something really cool to see. Something along the lines of like Ernest and Celestine, or um, or something like that. And um, I hope I hope that that this film will encourage other like art houses to make animated films like that 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 aren't afraid to go into like lesser known mythologies and legends and stuff like that. Cause it's cool. It makes for cool material. 
And so I think this is another one of those pioneering forays into uh, independent or more independent than not animation um, from across the pond. And uh, I really enjoyed it. I'm going to give it 3.5 as well. We are all on the same page. Um, (laughs) A lot of the people in the voicemails gave it higher rating. But for me, I feel the beginning really uh, makes it so I makes it less enjoyable. I felt if I were rewatching it, I felt I would obviously know what was going on and be able to appreciate it more. But I felt very disconnected to the movie for the first 30 minutes um, and slightly bored, to be honest. However, once it really does start picking up and Ben really kind of gets a purpose um, in what he needs to do to save the sister, I think it does pick up. And then the ending is very spectacular. And as has been said multiple, multiple times, you really can't just ignore the visuals, how beautiful it is, the animation. It's so unique. It's so exciting. I really do like getting to see a unique aesthetic presented, especially in the 2D form. So um, for those reasons, I'm going to give it 3.5. Yeah, this is awesome. It was a great movie, and I was really glad that I, I watched it, honestly. So if you guys have any questions or if you want to tell us what you think, you can go to rotoscopers.com slash 125 and be Ooh. sure to comment and leave your reviews there, thoughts and opinions. We always love to be able to comment back and, and keep the conversation going. And also, if you're going to be tweeting about this episode, make sure to check out, uh, use the hashtag AnimAddicts or AnimAddicts125. We also have voicemails, like we had so many voicemails. Thank you so much for sending out so many voicemails. Yeah, that were... it's so fun to hear from you all. Yeah, and there's just a lot of really poignant ones too. And so I love being able to get to know the um, get to know more of the community that is being um, that is joining us here. And so also, it really makes you feel like you're a part of it too. Big shout out to everyone who joined us live. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, both the chat on the website, rotoscopers.com slash live, and the chat on the actual YouTube page um, were hopping. There were all yeah. sorts of people in there, lots of conversation. Uh, we did our best to answer your questions, but sometimes there's just so much conversation that you guys are having between your each other that it just zooms away and, and you know we're trying to have a discussion as well, so it's hard to keep up. Yeah. But I think that's really exciting is that you know, you can come and you can join us live. Uh, we try to be very consistent with when we do the podcast. Tuesdays are our normal day, but it's not uh, unheard of for us to move, bump it to Wednesday, which had to happen today. So next episode is in two weeks. It is scheduled for the Tuesday. Um, and we are going to be doing Finding Dory, which Chelsea and I saw yesterday, which is actually the reason we had to bump the podcast. Um just so if you, when you do see that movie, it comes out this Friday in the United States. Um, I'm sorry if it won't come out in your country yet by the time we do record that podcast. But uh, please send us your thoughts because I'm just going to give you a little tidbit or a little sneak peek. I was not excited to see Dory in the least. Was not excited when this was announced. Was Whoa. not excited on anything that I saw trailer-wise. I was just not invested in this movie. I was really expecting it for just be a rehashing, kind of replaying. I mean, the the name even it indicates that it's kind of similar, right? Like something is, a person mm-hmm. is lost or we have to go back and find. Um, it is very, very surprising surprisingly enjoyable and i i really like it so i'm excited to talk about that in two weeks and then yeah. after that we'll also be doing the secret life of pets so those are the next two movies that just happen to come out so see those in the next little bit when those come out because uh, that's what we'll be talking about basically for the next month new animation woohoo um 
So also send your send your voicemails. You can go to rotoscopers.com slash voicemails or you can call us at six or four zero six six four six six five seven five. And then also we have our Patreon, as we mentioned earlier. You can go to Amazon, um, rotoscopers.com slash Amazon, rotoscopers.com slash Audible. And all these are ways for you to help support the podcast so that we are able to uh, bring more content to you. Also, rotoscopers.com slash store. We still have some shirts, and they are Ooh. very heavily discounted. I think they're about $6, which is basically the cost of the shirt, um, <laughs> yeah. plus shipping. So. We would like to just get rid of our surplus of shirts. So if you would like to buy a t-shirt, now's your chance. Go check it out. Rotoscopers.com slash store. It helps support the show as well. Lots of ways. And then, of course, if none of those are doable for you at this point in time, just tell your friends. Yeah, and leave us a, a review on iTunes. We did have a new review that came out yesterday. Um, we had Dungiddy four six. 468, who said, you all are amazing, gave us five stars. And he says, I enjoy listening to the podcast whenever I have the chance. So thank you so much for leaving that review on iTunes. We really appreciate that. Yeah. And then also we have our social media outlets. So you want to find Morgan, you can type in Morgan Stradling on almost anything and you can find her. Um, same with me with Chelsea Robson, except on Snapchat where you have to do Chelsea M Robson, but Hey, <laughs> it's all worth it. Cause <laughs> I'm going to be slapping my face, in, my hand in the face forever. Anyway, Mason, you can find him Mason SMTX on basically everything. And then Mason portfolio, Mason Smith portfolio.com. Have you been updating that lately? I haven't. I haven't had time. Um, I, I'm going to have a ton of new material to put on it at the end of the summer. <laughs> awesome. Okay, cool. Busy boy. Yes. Around 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 career fair time, that's when I'm going to be beefing it up. It'll be in the early fall. All right, guys. Until next time. We are, we are, we are the Rotoscopers. Who can never get that in sync. You know, we'll figure it out sometime.